Mr. Stephen Allen's SomeNews.co.uk, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Some News podcast number 22. I'm back to normal life now after performing up in Edinburgh. Just to give you some stats about doing a show up there, I did 81 stand-up gigs in 25 days, performed on stage for 56 hours and 10 minutes, and gained two stone. It's not my fault. They really do deep fry everything up there. They do deep fried pizza, just in case you were worried that pizza was too healthy for you. Well, yeah, I mean, they do put vegetables on pizzas. I'm sure it's one of your five a day. Pizza, trifle, salad in a kebab, muller fruit corner and a slice of lemon in a sole. And you've hit your five. Admittedly, if you eat like that, you'll also get that Scottish life expectancy. But seeing as there's a pension crisis, it's actually the selfless thing to do. We could learn a lot from their culture. Yep, anyway, in this edition, no more airstrikes in Libya, normal strikes in the UK, and black or red get struck off. Let's crack on. Mr. Stephen Allen's Some News Podcast. The main news. There's been a lot of talk about the progress of the anti-Gaddafi forces in Libya. And remember, I'm from the north, so when I hear anti-Gaddafi, I think that's the woman who's married to Uncle Gaddafi. And then you see a picture and you think, in fact, anti-Gaddafi, she has a lot of facial hair, but it explains the dress. The rebels took Tripoli and they looted Gaddafi's main compound. There were pictures of looters leaving Gaddafi's place with works of fine art. When they loot over there, they get valuable art. When we loot... People nick basmati rice from Tesco. We are rubbish at this. Uh, Gaddafi fled Tripoli using a series of secret tunnels. That's a bit rich. He was the one who said the rebels were like rats, and then he gets about using sewers. Hmm. I mean, no one really knows if he made it out of those sewers and tunnels alive. I hope he did, only for the sanitation engineer's sake. Yeah, I think I'm in the blockage now. Yeah. It's twigs, uh, paper, and, uh, ooh, I think it's, it's Tom Jones in a dress. But the rebels won in the end. It wasn't that exciting. It was better when the rebels were under attack, but when they eventually won, it was a bit of a letdown. You know, kind of like Star Wars. One of the remaining Gaddafi strongholds is Bani Walid. I don't have any jokes on that, I just wanted to say it. Every time I hear a newsreader say it, I think they're saying it to the tune of this song. David Cameron and French President Nicolas Sarkozy popped over to Libya to take their thank yous. There was a brilliant moment where Cameron and Sarkozy lifted the arms of the leader of the National Transitional Council in the air in victory. The arm that Cameron had went a lot further up. Sarkozy should have gone for the elbow. Come on, man. Uh, David Cameron got a warm welcome from the Libyan people. Thank you. It is great to be here. Let's be honest, he would not get a response like that over here. In his speech, he said this. Your city, your city was an inspiration to the world as you threw off a dictator and chose freedom. Admittedly, that's the same speech he used when Chloe Smith won the Norwich North by-election. But what of Gaddafi? Well, it's thought that he will try and sell part of Libya's gold reserves to pay for his protection and to sow chaos among tribes in the North African country. So his plan, his great plan to destabilise the transitional council, is to get cash for gold. Which explains why I've seen these adverts on the telly. Have you got any old gold lying around? Want to know how you can turn it into cash? Yes, Dale. Now you're going to have to pop it in one of these bags. Okay, but it's bullion. How much will you give me for it? Good news. I think £195. What? I have to pay for cars and bodyguards? Oh. If you're not absolutely happy, we send you gold back. Uh, I don't really have a return address. 
the sumnews.co.uk podcast. It looks like Britain will grind to a halt on Wednesday, November the 30th. That's a bad time for it, because it will make the two-minute silence 19 days earlier look unambitious. It's set to be the biggest mass walkout since the 1926 general strike. There hasn't been a walkout this big since Songs of Praise did their ill-fated, prodigy-themed week. Ballots could see nearly three million people take part in the strike. Wow. Loose women's viewing figures are going to be massive that day. We're being warned that schools, colleges, courts and public offices will shut and hospitals will be badly affected. But what are we meant to do with that information? Oh, well, I was planning on getting hit by a car at the end of November. I might put it off now. Firefighters join the call for action and prison officers, legally barred from walkouts, may defy the law to join in. Although... It would be a fairly hard law to enforce. Order, order. I find you guilty of breaking the law that stops prison officers from striking. Yes. I sentence you to five years in... What's that? No one's working there. Oh, b****. TUC leader Brendan Barber said it would be the biggest union mobilisation for a generation, while Unison head Dave Prentice attacked the coalition's policies and told them they faced the fight of their lives. Dave Prentice. I'm sorry, but if you're Mr and Mrs Prentice, you wouldn't call your kid Dave. You'd call him Alex or Alan or basically something that begins with an A, so he'd be Apprentice. Although maybe not if he's going to be high up in a union, because people would joke, hey, Apprentice, you're fired and he'd go out and strike. All political parties have disagreed with the strikes. In fact, even Ed Miliband said he thought the last teacher's strike was a mistake when he addressed the TUC. Some people shouted, rubbish, at him. Although that was after he said, What do you think of it so far? Those working in the public sector are keen to strike to protect the pensions they signed up for, while some are saying they still get a better pension deal on offer than most people in the private sector could ever dream of. If they get what they want and keep their pension deals, we could see people in the private sector paying more towards the public sector workers' pensions than they pay to their own. Could this mean people in the private sector will go on strike too? To find out more, I'm joined on the line by someone from a private sector union, the Bouncers Union Management Society. Ooh, there's an unfortunate acronym. Um, hello. Hello, Steve. So you're planning on a strike of bouncers? Well, we prefer to phrase uh, public and security specialists. Yeah, I bet you do. But do you, do you actually want to strike? Yes, I think our only option is to take strike action. And how will you make that happen? After a ballot. On a set date, we won't actually go to work. We'll stand outside our places of work and stop people going in. Like bouncers? Yes. I'm waiting. Still waiting. Oh, dear. Ah, there it is. The sumnews.co.uk podcast. Entertainment news. It looks like the TV show Red or Black may be cancelled. Oh, well, some you win. Uh, if you didn't see it, it was a TV game where people do some 50-50 guesses and... That's it, really. Uh, basically, it was, it was tossing a coin. In fact, they should have called it Anton Dex Tossers. Uh, but they went with red and black because the story of a guy who bet everything on a spin of a roulette table and won. Um, you see, I play my own version of red or black at home every time I open a bank statement. But it wasn't the rubbishness of the quiz that made it newsworthy. It was about who won. The show gave £1 million to a guy called Nathan who turned out to be a criminal with a conviction for beating up a woman. Ah, people were upset. Simon Cowell said he should give the money back. People were saying he shouldn't be allowed the money in the first place. 
I don't know. Just because you beat up a woman doesn't stop you being on a Simon Cowell TV show. In fact, if you did it in a nightclub toilet, you could be a judge on one of his shows for a few series. While we don't like seeing bad people win on quizzes, should we live in a world where you're not allowed on TV if you're guilty of a serious crime? Remember this. If that was the rule, we never would have had Dirty Den. If you don't understand that, Google it. You'll be surprised. And hey, if you don't let violent thugs on TV, the Jeremy Kyle show would only be able to do a Christmas special. If criminals are banned from TV, though, should we include that in part of the sentencing? Order, order. I sentence you to two years' imprisonment, and you are hereby banned from eggheads. What, what? The guards are on strike. Oh, well, we'll make it a suspended sentence and you're also banned from deal or no deal. To be honest, with some of the TV shows these days, it's more of a punishment to be forced to go on it rather than be banned from it. Hello and welcome to Only Connect, the hardest game on TV. Time for the connecting wall. There are still groups of connected clues, but this time they're all jumbled up together. Aye. And the teams have to find the groups and then get extra points for the connections. What? Now, the antiquarians won the toss, so they'll be going first. Please select an Egyptian hieroglyph. Oh, I don't understand. Look, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Just make it stop. <laughs> A few days after the main story, one newspaper accused another winner from the show of being a woman beater. At this rate, if it does get a second series, they'll have to call it Blue or Black. Mr. Stephen Allen's A Some News Podcast. Strange News. The richest woman in Britain and her billionaire husband have just splashed out on the biggest motor yacht ever built in the UK. Well, it's waterproof. doesn't matter if she splashed out. Oh, I, I see what they mean. Former Miss UK Kirsty Bertarelli and her Swiss husband had the massive 96-metre six-deck Vava 2 built to replace their existing 47-metre vessel at the cost of an incredible £100 million. That's a terrible way to spend all that money. If you're looking for something that's got a great view of the ocean but's going cheap at the moment, buy Greece. This super yacht, the 33rd largest in the world, was built in Plymouth and boasts a luxury interior, uh, helicopter landing pads, lavish guest cabins and four boats to ferry passengers to the shore. Uh, the hubby is the fifth richest man in the UK and the wife is currently ranked the UK's richest woman. But remember, money doesn't buy you happiness. But if you are going to be miserable, I'd rather do it on a luxury flipping yacht. It makes you think, if you could pick any mode of transport, money no object, what would you pick? I asked the question on Twitter, here are some of the answers. Dan Owens 84 definitely have to be my own flying dragon, nice. Son of Gav, laser-guided Segway, that's pretty cool. Craig Bumbleclart said, I would have a BMX with mag wheels, you live the dream, brother. Odd Shellfish, I'd have that water slide from the credit card advert, only bigger. Ooh, ooh, and trampolines, ooh, and hover scooters, hashtag mature. Selena Realm said, uh, most definitely a space hopper, comfy. And a huge food lover said... A hot air balloon. Not been in one, but slow and relaxing and away from people. That's sociable. Jill underscore Adams underscore. A chauffeur-driven limo. You could actually make that happen, though. That's good. Abby Burlingham. A white horse. I'd have to take riding lessons first, but definitely hooves over wheels. Or a speedboat. You want to put hooves on a speedboat? That's not going to work, is it? Uh, Philip 501. Sedan chair. Mr. Boffley. Matter transfer, obviously. He's not alone. As Burke's Rover says, only one possible answer, teletransportation, time spent travelling is wasted, and underscore a happy place, said uh, transporter, but without Jeff Goldblum or a fly. Good point. Beho 9, hover sofa. I would jump all over the traffic, but would still be comfy. Practical. I like it. Alad underscore H, a flying camel. Really? <laughs> During this, this climate of the war on terror? I think you'd be shot down, mate. 
Scuzzmonster2 said, Gotta be one of those wonky time machines. Rod Taylor had the original in the 1960s film. Uh, Trampster1922 said, Simple Steve, mode of transport would be the American Ford truck in my avatar. Go anywhere, tow anything. Jonas Amidu said, Jetpack. He's not alone either, because Carl Quilliam said, Jetpack, no contest. Die underscore Beach Swansea, ooh, it would have to be some advanced technology craft, sort of Area 51 shizzle. Flying saucer. Yeah, it could be difficult to park. Corny underscore MUFC. Horse and carriage. Oh, that's romantic. Margie Mum said, Back to the Future style skateboard. Maybe DB said, Back to the Future-esque hoverboard. And NRM 1972 hoverboard. These hoverboards are popular. There's a market there if someone invents one. Megan Cheatham says, White pearlescent Porsche 911 convertible used to pass one on my paper round many years ago with white tail. I don't know, don't know what that is. It's either a thing on the car or you had a disease. Uh, Ant underscore 917 a boat plane so I could chill on the sea and take off when I'm bored or in bad weather although don't take off in bad weather dude page one of flying isn't it and then finally Leeds Pirate says unicorns someone has been on drugs the somenews.co.uk podcast your letters just time for one of your letters. This one was asked on Formspring by Let's Be Avenue. They said, uh, Dear Steve, what would be your ninja weapon of choice? Hmm. I've thought about this for a long time, and I would have to say Rupert Murdoch's wife. The somenews.co.uk podcast. That's it for another episode. Check out somenews.co.uk for more stuff. Any emails to podcast at somenews.co.uk. Follow on Twitter at Mr. Steve N. Allen. And you can subscribe via iTunes. Till next time. Bye. The Some News Podcast. Get more at somenews.co.uk.